and welcome this morning. And what a weekend to celebrate, Memorial Day weekend. You know, in our culture today, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know even what to, what to say, a lot of downgrading of our nation, and obviously our nation has its flaws, but God has blessed us, our nation, we can come here today, we don't have to worry about air raid sirens, about the police coming and arresting us, if they find a Bible in our home. And we know today thousands of people risking their lives to come and live in our nation, even if it means doing it illegally. We have a lot of blessings, but it has not come without a cost. And as we remember, those that have served and given their life. And our congregation's not immune. A week ago, the Historical Society at Tremont put on a presentation for Bob Beidel. I was just a young man, teenager, when we got the word that his F4 was missing over the jungles of Laos. Never heard from again. Never knew what happened. His parents and his brothers and his sister struggled. Finally, after years, declared deceased, even though they didn't know. And of course... Remember Daniel volunteering to serve and then not coming home. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray for Dwayne and Elizabeth and Adele, Lord, and their families. Bring comfort to them. And while we celebrate, they remember loss. Be near to them. And for the Bidal family, Lord, the ones that are left, we remember them too. And for all those that have had a family member, a loved one, a friend, give their lives in service for our country. Lord, we do pray for our nation. We pray that we could repent and return to you, Lord. Lord, give those of us that love and serve you the strength to carry on and to present your gospel, the hope of eternity with you to those around us. Be with us now in this service. Lord, speak to our hearts, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I would like to preach out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, known as the love chapter. And if you're using the Pew Bible, it's on page 959. And as I was uh, considering... 
a few months ago what to preach on. I don't know, I was just drawn to this chapter. And I, I really not sure that I ever heard a, a Sunday morning message preached on it. It's often brought up in weddings. And yet, in the context that it was written, it had nothing to do with weddings. It's written in Paul's first epistle to the Corinthian church. And he has this little, little chapter sandwich between chapters 12 and 14 where he is discussing the body of Christ, the church, and all the diversity and differences and conflicts and, and I'm this and I'm that and I can do this and... And the struggles that, that we have in each sandwich is between expounding on these, on the differences and the diversity of the church. Right in the middle, he puts this beautiful chapter. Corinthians, the city of Corinth was probably not unlike our culture today, they had a lot of wealth. There's a lot of immorality. Anything goes. Idolatry. And so there was a, a lot of uh, issues in this church. And as we talk about love this morning, you know, even, even we use it in so many different ways. I love apple pie or I love baseball. I love my wife. I love you guys. In the Greek, there was also many different words for love. But the one often used in the Bible describing God's love for us, our love for God, and our love for each other is the Greek word agape. And I read a definition of agape, and it says the deep and constant love of a perfect being towards entirely unworthy objects. Really defining God's love for us, the perfect being with a deep and constant love for me, who is totally unworthy. It's not based on attraction or on feelings or on even obligation, but simply a choice that I choose to love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But it's more than just this morning as we read this, the definition of love, kind of the de description of love, what it looks like in practice, it's not just about the body of the Christ, of us in this room this morning, even though that was the context that it was written in, because the same word agape is described in Ephesians 5.25 in the marriage for the husband to love his wife. 
It's also Jesus speaks it. In Mark 12, 31, he says to love your neighbor, agape. And then even Jesus in Matthew 5, 44 says to love your enemies, agape. So it reaches to all our relationships and encounters. So let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, I have not love, and have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will be pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish things. For now we see in the mirror dimly. But then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. We start out with verses 1 through 3. And I would just like to, in general, describe this. These are the super-Christians. These are the movers and the shakers. These are the guys that lead the church and start ministries and, and write books and do bod, podcasts. And they, they're great influencers on social media for Jesus. They do it all. They speak in unknown languages. They speak with power and persuasion and influence. They understand and have the deep understanding of the mysteries of the gospel. They are prophetic. And oftentimes in the, in the Bible when it's talking about prophetic, it's talking about more than knowing the future. It's talking about understanding the, the, the mysteries of the Word of God and, and the, the knowledge of the Word of God. They have great faith. They can testify of God doing this and God doing that. And yet without love, it's all just noise and nothing. And even if I give up everything, even my life, 
but I do it out of duty or to win God's or others' approval or praise. If I do it with the attitude, it's, well, somebody's got to do it, so it might as well be me, and you do it with a complaining heart, you've accomplished nothing. So what does love look like? Many years ago, at Midwest Camp, Lake Wawasee, I was in junior high in our cabin. That's young guys, and the, the, I, I kind of even forget who the counselor was, but we, we took these verses, four through seven, kind of as our theme for that week at camp. I still remember it. And instead of using the word love, we put in a blank and we used our name. I have it in your bulletin. Don is patient and kind. Don does not envy or boast. Don is not arrogant or rude. Don does not insist on his own way. Don is not irritable and resentful. Don does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Don bears all things, believes all things, and endures all things. Changes it, doesn't it? Does it hit home to you? Put your name in there. How you doing? Love is patient and kind. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. How do you respond when things aren't going your way? Are you patient? Do you respond with patience and kindness? What words do you respond with? What tone? You know, we can say the right thing. But if our tone and our body language speak something else, it's not love. I was just reading, there's a, every once in a while on the internet, there'll be a list of, if you're, old, you're old if you remember, or if you did some, such and such. And one of them was, you're old if you slam the phone down in disgust. Because nobody has a receiver anymore. So you can't slam it. You know, patience and kindness. Does not envy or boast. You know, we can, we can kind of be pretty good at that. But what if people could read your mind? Do you really think that maybe you're a little better than they are? In your heart, in your mind? Luke 6, 45 says, For out of this, uh, the abundance of the heart, his mouth shall speak. Sooner or later, it's going to come out 
that boasting, that envy. It is not arrogant or rude. How about it, teens? How about it, mom and dad? How's your response been? How about in school, when your teacher asks you to do something, when the coach, when your boss, when your employee responded wrong in your home, in your marriage? How's your response? Is it rude? Do you respond with arrogance? Nobody's going to tell me what to do. How was your response during COVID? How's your response? When somebody asks you to do something you don't want to do. Does not insist on its own way. Proverbs 21.2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord ponders the hearts. See, it's really easy since my way is right. Right? I got it figured out. then I need to insist, I need to coerce, I need to pressure, I need to badger, I need to arm twist, Matt, twist the arms, for people to see it the right way, my way. We get pretty good at that, passively, aggressively insisting our own way. is not irritable or resentful. You get irritated. Many of you know my son-in-law is a police officer out in Colorado. This week, there was a situation, and I'll just read the press release from Chafee County Sheriff's Office. On May 25, 2023, at 1900 hours, the Chafee County Communication Center received a call of a rollover vehicle accident with injuries at mile marker 135 on U.S. Highway 285 northbound. The Chafee County Sheriff's Office and Colorado State Patrol responded to the location and found a green sedan resting on its, on its top on the east side of the roadway. The vehicle was occupied one time and passengers helped the driver get out of the vehicle. It was soon determined that a second vehicle was involved in the accident. This vehicle was located sitting on the southbound shoulder of the roadway. Investigators soon learned that this, was, this accident was not in fact an accident, but it was intentional. With this, this information, the Chafee County Sheriff's Office assumed responsibility for the criminal investigation and any charges that would to be filed.
It was determined that the driver of the red sedan was traveling northbound on Highway 285 behind the green sedan vehicle, the victim vehicle. The driver of the red sedan stated that the green car would not get out of his way, and after several attempts to get the green vehicle to move, he used a PIT maneuver, that's pursuit intervention technique, a police maneuver used to disable vehicles in high-speed chases, forcing the vehicle off the roadway. The suspect stated that he had to use the restroom badly and he needed to get the green vehicle off the road. That's official response of the Chaffee County Sheriff's. Now, we would never run somebody off the road, right? But how many times would have you liked to? See, love goes deep. It's in here. That's what, that's what we're talking about this morning. It goes beyond even our actions. It's in our heart. Does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. I don't know, I struggle with this one. And let's be clear this morning. Love does not endorse Embrace, enable, or tolerate sin. Jesus died and shed his blood to pay the penalty for our sin. And he arose to give us victory over sin. But we, as we stand against sin, do we do it with love in our hearts? Or maybe anger and hatred. See, we can be right and present our rightness in a very wrong way. And we are faced every day in our culture, in our society. If I remember right, Micah's preaching next week on gender. Is it next week, Micah? couple weeks in our society and and if you if you state what is right you're called hateful can we do it in love can we present truth in love Matthew 10 22 makes it very clear Jesus said you will be hated by all for my name's sake But we don't have to make it easy for people to hate us. We don't have to be hateful in the way we present truth. Sometimes when I see people standing for truth, for the gospel, and they're doing it in an unloving way, it breaks my heart. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, endures all things. Love bears others' burdens. 
Love believes in other people. Love hopes for you to be successful. Love endures through your failures. Love is continuous and long-term. It's not fleeting. It doesn't come and go. When you go to bed tonight, can you say these words? Today, I was patient and kind. Today, I did not envy or boast, even in my heart. Today, I was not arrogant or rude. Today, I did not insist on my own way. I was not irritable or resentful. Today, I did not rejoice at wrongdoing, but I rejoiced in the truth. Today, I bore your burdens. Today, I believed in you. Today, I hoped for your success, and for today, today I endured all things. Can you say... Can you pray that tonight? Did you pray it last night? You know the seriousness of this? 1 John clearly states in chapter 4, verse 8, anyone who does not love does not know God. This isn't an option for those of us that have given our life to the Lord. And claim him as our Lord and Savior. This isn't an option. Love's not, well, just when it's convenient. Or just when I agree with people. But this is not, this morning, to be discouraged. This is not about my failures to love. Oh, there's plenty of them. Just ask Heidi. This is about growth. About growing in love. Paul says, when I was a child, I da-da-da, but now I'm a man, a growth curve. A growth curve of love. You know, as Paul was writing this, I wonder if he uh, was thinking back. In Acts chapter 15, we see Paul and Barnabas had been ministering together and, and, and going out and sharing the gospel together, loved each other, great brothers. And they had a disagreement. The Bible calls it a sharp disagreement. Some of the Greek connotations was there was anger involved. This was not 1 Corinthians 13 going on between Paul and Barnabas. And as Paul was writing here about when he was a child and then has become a man, I wonder if he was thinking about that, his failures. His failure to love his brother Barnabas in a way God wanted him to love. See, we're on a growth curve for this. And how do we love? How can we grow in love? 
We can grow in love as we grow and mature and understand how much God loves us. For God so loved that he gave his son. I remember 41 years ago in a few days when our firstborn son, Caleb, was born. And I wondered, how would I, how would I love this little person? And i never forget holding him in the delivery room and he was mine. Man, he was mine. And I, at that moment, I would have given anything. I would have given my life to save his. Do you think God didn't have that love for his son? And he gave him for me. Can we comprehend that? How many of you could see your child nailed to a cross for somebody else's sin, somebody else's crime? For God so loved me that he gave his only son, Jesus, that I could have eternal life if I believe in him. That's how we can love others. When we can... Make that reality in our hearts and in our lives. Then our differences don't mean so much, do they? For God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 4.19, we can love because God first loved us. Romans 5, 5, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Not something we can do on our own strength. You see, the prophecies, the knowledge, the preaching, it's all incomplete and imperfect But when we see face to face, as I, as I was preparing, I just think, isn't this the glory of heaven, of eternal life? When we get to heaven and we see face to face Jesus and God, and we understand and clearly see his love for us, and we live eternally in that love, how can it get any better than that? But see, we're struggling now. We see dimly. We don't see completely. But we can see partially. And that can lead us to the truth. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known not. Now, God loves, God has my hair, and it's easier for him, for me, has my hair numbered. That's how much he cares for me. 
He knows my dark thoughts and my failures, and he still loves me. And even while I was living in rebellion against him, he died for me. Can we love each other? Can we love our neighbor? Can we love our enemy? Lord Jesus, sometimes as we really examine our hearts, we can feel like a failure because we fail so often. And yet, Lord, you are growing us. You are growing us in your love. Lord, reveal yourself to each one of us in a special, deeper way that then we can love others in a special, deeper way. Forgive us where we fail, Lord, and grow us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.